fucking hell, I haven't seen you since I was stroking you with the leaves. Where you been? He's like, fucking hell, man, the mafia's taking my fucking driving license. He's like, oh yeah, and everything else. I was like, no, I fucking got everything else back. I owe him nine grand, but he doesn't know where I live. What's up, nomads? Welcome to your new favorite travel podcast, Two Beers Till Takeoff. The podcast that delivers expert knowledge, the information you won't get in your guidebook, and a story that's guaranteed to make you say, what the fuck, or your money back. Sid, you know our episodes are free, right? Hey, what's up, everybody? Hello. What's going on? Apparently a lot. Apparently a lot of you guys have been listening to our episodes. (laughs) Well, it's about time. (laughs) Last Friday, I messaged Sid and I'm like, man, I think the app that counts how many listens we have is broken because the listens are going through the roof. And then I I thought I'd do some, some research. So I checked my emails and it turns out we'd been featured in The Guardian which is a great newspaper, in case anybody wanted a recommendation. Yes. Beers for the boys. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, since then, it's just been, uh, yeah, the numbers have been boosted pretty crazy, so we thank you so much for that. Well, yeah, next, ne- next thing for us is I'm going to be on Saturday Night Live, and Phil's already been invited to Celebrity Big Brother. <laughs> oh, man, I think it's, it's still under NDA. I can't talk about that. You might have just ruined it for me. <laughs> a lot of stuff going on, guys. Uh, just a reminder that uh, we do have an Instagram page. It has been growing as well as our, our, our viewership. Should I tell everyone we're really funny as well? Oh, yeah. We're, we're really <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're really funny, guys. <laughs> That's called the laugh track for anyone who's uh, young. Um so yeah, we do have an Instagram. It is at two beers till takeoff. The number two, two, two beers till takeoff. We post a lot of stuff. Uh, we post videos on there. Uh, we we're gonna post some teasers for our Patreon. We post a lot of stuff on there. So definitely go and follow us on Instagram and Facebook as, as well. So whilst we are plugging ourselves, maybe we should speak about Patreon a little bit. Patreon for those of you who don't know already. I know we do put an advert in most weeks featuring Don Kilvo, our guy. Awesome. Shout out. <laughs> Is, uh, is basically just a place where you, could, you can support us, you know, if you're enjoying the show. We do tend to run up pretty big bills based on how much beer we drink each week doing this. <laughs> so, you know, the support is really appreciated. But basically, there, you know, there are different tiers on there based on, you know, what you want to offer to the show. And in exchange for that, we offer you some stuff. As in from next month, there will be bonus episodes Nice. Going on, so you will in, you will in fact be getting additional episodes if you're on the Patreon page, which is a, a big selling point as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Oh, and other than that, you know, you can get early access to episodes. You can get a little bit of FaceTime with me and Phil if you're into that kind of thing. We can knock back a couple of cold ones, and there are a few other bits on there as well. So yeah, a lot a lot of options for you if you are interested. And I guess lastly, the last bit of big news that uh, has happened in the last few weeks here is. Or should we talk about it, Sid? Or did you want to keep it secret? We, we should, should do. We should. All right. No, no, no. Let's tell him. We're going traveling, possibly. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Huge maybe on this front, but yeah. 
looking at a twin center, Panama and Mexico, because they're two countries that are happy to accept gringos these days. Borders are open, so we figured why not? Yeah. So as long as flights match up, yeah, maybe you'll even be in for some live content. Absolutely. So now let's maybe get to the man who inspired us to uh, think about going on this trip and let's get to our interviewee. Our guest today is an Oakland, California-based rapper, photographer, and DJ. He's an avid traveler having visited some parts of Asia, Central America, and Europe. Fun fact about our guest, he is NFL legend Marshawn Lynch's second cousin twice removed. He's also the host of his own podcast, Dude. Awkward Combos with Beejus. Welcome to the podcast, Beejus. Oh my gosh. Dude, that Marshall Lynch bit killed me. I don't even know how to react. Oakland! Thank you guys for having me. I'll, I'll, I'll just say that. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. I'm fucking pumped. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, so BJ, okay. I, I first off want to get into your podcast. Uh, I was just listening to one of your episodes, and I was surprised to see that you have an episode yeah, with your was... daughter while you were traveling. I thought, yeah. I thought that was such a great um, idea. Here, I mean, overall of the podcast, it was something completely random that I started in life, which is usually what happens to me in life, all, like with all my creative endeavors are really pretty random. Um, but I fell in love with listening to, to podcasts, you know, as like a musician, instead of listening to music, I would listen to podcasts. And um, I decided one day, like, I think I could, I could do a podcast because the, the amount of like awesome and funny conversations I've been a part of you know I was like man if I was to get some of this material on wax then it would be a podcast and um the rest was pretty much history and then you know when it comes to podcasts and it's like at least for mine it's like I said it's really super random and it, it's just a way for me to just capture certain parts of my life you know what I mean so like whether whatever I'm doing in life at the time it's it's just great to like have an audio diary of it basically you know and so um i love travel and i love to just like i said capture these different parts of my life and so that specific episode was when i took my daughter to uh tokyo japan i think that was 2018 yeah it was 2018 the summer of 2018 and we went out there for seven days and just had a blast, you know. Yeah, so, so I, I think it's a really it's a really cool thing that you did, you know, bringing your daughter to to Tokyo and getting her started early, and getting that bug travel bug started really early. How did she find traveling? Was that her first trip? Um, no, it wasn't her first trip. So we we had done a couple of domestic trips. I had I think maybe like the farthest she had gone her first time was just to Disneyland. And then that same year that we went to Tokyo. A couple months prior, my my dad and stepmom had taken her out to Hawaii. So her first like trip, you know, on a plane away, like that that leaves, you know, I mean, Hawaii is is considered the U.S., but you know what I mean, like it, that leaves that yeah. that chunk. It's not of, like mainland U.S. Uh, exactly. Um, so that was her first time like off of the mainland U.S. And then a few months later, we was diving deep into fucking Tokyo, which was a huge. Um, you know, culture shock for her. It wasn't my first time in Tokyo, so I had already done it. But for her, it was a huge thing. You know, like, I remember the first, like, uh, bit of culture shock for her was when we were on the plane and the stewardess came and asked, <clears throat> excuse me, if she wanted 
like you know, like two different meals. I think one was chicken, and then the other one was like beef. And she, the lady said it in English, but her accent was super thick. And so my daughter just looked at it like blinking, like I have no fucking idea what you just said. <laughs> and so I had to like kind of translate for her, you know. So that was like that first little instant. Um, but she she had she had an amazing time, man. Like she, you know, she brought back a bunch of like just random stuff and. She kept a lot of memorable things for her, you know, just little knickknacks and things. And, um, she, you know, we every time we're together, we're, we're always referencing something that reminds us of, of, of uh, Tokyo and talking about future trips and stuff. And so she was 10 at the time when I took her. So she was 10 years old, her first time in a completely foreign country. And it, it, it was great. It was a great accomplishment for me as well, because in her early years, I struggled very, very hard as a, as a single. Um, and so being able, you know, basically 10 years later, being able to take her to a foreign country, just just me and her, no financial help from anybody else. It was also a, an accomplishment for me as as a father and just kind of where I was in life, too. You know? Yeah, Absolutely. I don't know if this is mm-hmm. I don't know if this is really off topic, but as a rapper and somebody with an interest in Japan, you must be a big mm-hmm. Lupe Fiasco fan. Um somewhat. I mean I was a big fan of his like first three albums, I would say, and then after that I just like eh, uh, no, no, that, no, but that, that, that is Lupe Fiasco, isn't it? It's the first three albums. The rest of it was yeah. irrelevant. But those first three exactly. albums were on were on point. They were on point. I was a definite huge fan of him in the, with those first three albums, for sure. I guess on the topic of rapping, how did you get into rapping? Um, so just like kind of a natural thing. So my father is a musician, and he's been a musician since, you know, before I was born. He was a touring musician uh, for many, many years. My mom is a music lover, and so... You know, with just a household that was like filled with music. So I, I remember my dad and my mom divorced when I was in third grade. But like before that, I remember these young years. I mean, even after, but I, the thoughts that I'm thinking now is like when my dad was living with us, I remember our, our kitchen was pretty much like all uh, studio. So my dad has always had an in house studio in the house. Um, for as, as far as I can remember. So I would always see him, see his worth ethic behind making the music. Um, and then my love for music just came from, you know, my mom really, but then also just, you know, culture influences. Music is a big part of the black community. Um, and so I just became a natural music fan. And then in high school, I had a couple of friends that did music and they got a, they, they weren't popular for the music, but I remember they had they come they they had released a mixtape, and I saw the attention that they were getting from that mixtape, and that was really when the seed was like planted. That I was like, oh, this is something like I I want to do because I'm seeing real world effects from it, um, and then it was kind of just a snowball effect from there. So like, um, also if you want if if I um, go back even further again. When I was young, I was a huge fan of Michael Jackson, like most kids my generation were. Um, and I remember, I don't remember how old I was, but I was, you know, elementary school age. Um, and I remember thinking, like, I want, like, the way that I would 
like get super, super happy watching Michael Jackson perform, I remember thinking I wanted to replicate that feeling for other people. So that was like another seed that was planted when I was really, really young. So now fast forward to the year after high school, um, I had two best friends, uh, G and Terrell, and their uncle was like the youngest uncle in their family, but I think he might have been like, you know, late 20s, early 30s at the time. He made music, and he made some like really, really dope music. And I remember, so I had access to the studio at my dad's house, and I remember thinking if I could just make a song good enough that T would like that he would like, then I would I could start making music with him, and then, you know, I would I thought the rest would be history. <clears throat> and then you and then you dropped Beejus Walks, and now you're married to one of the Kardashians, yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And Marshawn Lynch being my cousin, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so so you mentioned you know your dad or, or I guess your parents uh, influencing uh-huh. you, Michael Jackson. I I kind of got uh, Cuddy vibes listening to some of your or Kid Cuddy vibes mm-hmm. listening to some of your stuff <clears throat> in how you kind of talk about some of your insecurities, and I. Like, I'm not a huge rap fan, but I do listen to enough to know that that's not always a popular topic. Yeah, it's not at all. That's, so, why, I, so, that's why I don't do that shit no more. I'm sick of fucking <laughs> rapping about my, my insecurities. <laughs> I, I also noticed, though, that you, you talked about traveling as well. Like, yeah. there's, there's not a lot of people that, that, talk, that, that rap about traveling. I thought that that was pretty cool. Right, right, right. But that's just because, you know... Um, that that album that you're t- talking about, I'm, I'm guessing it's my most recent one, Beautiful. Yeah. Um, that's just because at that time in my life, that's what was kind of going on. So I was like really, really dealing with some like severe, de- I don't want to say de- severe, but almost severe depression. But also, you know, I had went on my first trip in 2016 and I was working on that album from like the end of 2017 until it came out in 2019. So it was, you know, like one of the biggest things of my life is just, I I want to create these kind of like diaries of my life. I like to, I like to capture moments in my life so that I can look back some, someday and be like, Oh, I was doing this around this time. So, you know, that album was just like a, a real screenshot of my life at the time. So talking about travel, like through from 2016, after 2016, basically, I haven't thought about anything else but travel. So that's why some of the songs and the, the music and the lyrics on that album just reflect that, because that's really all my life has been about ever since my first trip. You, you, know? you, 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 you really went crazy for travel when it's when it started for you, didn't it? Well, yeah, I, I haven't looked back since, man. Like, you know, I, I was, I think, 31 when I took that first trip as an adult. And which is which is a, which is a, which is a late start when you think about very, it. Very, very late start, especially for like a hostel or, you know, what I'm saying a backpacking yeah. person that stays in hostels. But I mean, I don't I, I don't give a I'll be the old nigga in the fucking hostel until I die. I don't give <laughs> okay. a fuck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, I, since then, since I since that first trip, I've taken at least like three international trips a year, which for an American is not really normal because we don't get enough time off to like go travel crazy like that but i just 
did what I could. Like my priorities were completely switched once I discovered that travel brought me like real joy and real fulfillment. I'm like, nothing else matters. Like, of course my daughter is gonna matter until I die, but nothing else to me in my life matters besides me getting out and seeing the world and and meeting and meeting people so but i i i think that's the thing you know because phil started young i don't know 18 19 i mean rumor oh. has it i uh, rumor has it i was born in a 12 bed dorm <laughs> okay. but like what, what what matters in the end is that you get to that level where you appreciate how fucking good it is right right exactly it's great it's so cliche <laughs> like when people ask me and I'm like, man, I feel like I'm I'm so cliche talking about like what travel does for me and like, you know. But I, it's cliche because it's it's fucking true. When people like get that spiritual awakening or they get that like that that travel bug, it is so, it's such a cliche thing. But it's just like, damn, it really changes your life and it changes your perspective and everything. You know, there's really no going back. Like I've taken. I forgot which which pill it was in the Matrix, but <laughs> the one that continued going. But I took that pill. Not only did I took that pill, I also took the red one too, and then mixed them together and took three more blue ones. Like that's how deep I'm into this shit now. You but know? that's but that's how every great traveling night starts. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. How did you start traveling? It was a thing that was like long time coming. So I had been wanting to travel for many, many years. And so, like I said, like when I was single father, you know, raising my daughter, I had her when I was 23. So I had the travel bug even before that, but I just, I, I didn't have the means to do it, you know? And then I also didn't really know how to travel cheaply and freely as I do. So like my idea of travel when I was in my early 20s was like, you know, getting a fucking ticket through Virgin Atlantic to go to Tokyo and it's fucking $1,500. I'm, I, I, that, I remember that. Like when I was young, I was looking because I wanted to go to Tokyo and I was like, okay, I, the, the one airline that I know that's like reliable is Virgin Atlantic. So I searched Virgin Atlantic Saw so was $1,500 and immediately closed the laptop. Like, yeah, that's not going to fucking happen. <laughs> I, I make $12 an hour, you know what I'm saying? So I just, I had the ambitions to do it, but I just didn't have the, the means nor the knowledge on how to do it the right way. Um, and so then I, then I had a daughter. And then it was that just complicates like, things that as complicates well. things even, yeah. even further. As a single father, you know, I, did, I wasn't with the mom so it, it just it was a, it was just a complicated part of my life also during the time that I had my daughter was when I was really getting serious about music as well so my priority my priorities weren't really in to the travel thing and so it wasn't until um it was uh, around March of 2016 um I was with my homie Fabes who at the time was my DJ we were we were in San Jose and I was on uh, this like college radio station. I was getting interviewed at a college radio station. And then another one of my homies who's from uh, San Jose was like, oh, y'all are in San Jose. Like, come, you know, come chill. We'll smoke when um, when you guys are done. I don't live too far from where you're at. So we went to his house and we're just over there chilling. And he had a bunch of like Japanese memorabilia around the house. And so the topic of Japan came up. And so um, I was like, man, I, I, dude, I've been like, I want to travel so bad. And fucking Japan has like been the, the ultimate dream. 
And then my homie Fabes, Fabian was like, man, you know, I've actually been kind of thinking about doing a Tokyo trip. We should do one. And I was like, fuck it. Let, you know, let's do it. And so um, he, he, he really is the catalyst for all of this shit because he was the one that he traveled before. So he knew how to do it like the right way, how to do it in a more uh, affordable way. And at the time he was making some good money or at least better money than i was and and be just isn't it true once you purchase your ticket everything in life becomes you know like you know do i need to really go out tonight or exactly. am i gonna save for my fucking trip one thousand percent i i don't know about you guys yet but when i started when i was younger my my budget would always be 33 pounds a day uh-huh because it just worked out like that yeah like I think that's like sixteen thousand American dollars. It was yeah. I think it was might, might have been a little bit more at the time with interest. <laughs> but no, and when it, whenever I wasn't traveling on those odd fucking weeks, I had to go back home and work or some shit like that. Yeah, right. If I was right. ever, I would weigh it up against that thirty-three pounds and be like, "Fuck, man, which would I prefer for everything?" Yeah, I know. You know I everything mean, got weighed up like that. Hey, I didn't have it like that because I didn't have like a. I've never done a daily budget. I've just always just kind of hoped and prayed just like did what i wanted to do and just hoped and prayed i didn't run out of budget um and fuck I, I hope that card doesn't get rejected right, exactly <laughs> um but yeah man like you know I'll, I'll i'll try to shorten it up but like like i said fave was the was the the catalyst to it all so he he went home researched it all and was like yo the tickets are this much i'm gonna buy your ticket you just pay me back so I was able to like get the ticket bought for me and then do like payments as the months went on. So I think I like, you know, paid him back within like two or three months. But that just started to like like you said, once I had the ticket, I was like, okay, every all of my money that's extra is going into the, this fund um to so I can like fund the, the, this trip. And then I started researching. So I, I exhausted all of the research I could fucking find about Japan. And then I did it all like I, I, I basically busted my nut in two strokes, basically. You know what I'm saying? So it's like <laughs> I, I, I bought the tickets in March. I knew everything about Japan by June, but we weren't flying out until October. He he Google Street viewed every single street in every Japan. Every single, I, mean, I did everything, <laughs> everything I could to find out about this trip. I did. Learned so about with that, General Tojo, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, he was already already dressing like a samurai. Right, exactly. <laughs> I was showing up to to work in those fucking thong sandals with the, you know, <laughs> in a geisha outfit too, like busting out right, some tai chi. Right, exactly. So what that ended up doing though, so this is how like the ball just kept rolling. Because I had like exhausted all information that I could find, it then left me three months of like twiddling my thumbs. So that then made me start researching other places. Can I can I ask you a question? Of course. Be honest with us. How many samurai swords do you have in your house? Honest zero. Oh fuck! I thought you were gonna be like sixteen. I was sure you're gonna be fucking sixteen. You, you seem like a samurai guy. Nah, I mean I love samurai, but no, nah, I wasn't. I, I can't. I can't get that shit back from. I wouldn't. If I was to buy a samurai sword, it would have to come from Japan, and I, I'm not gonna buy no shit that's in America. And that was no. I'm, I'm, I'm backpacking. I'm not checking nothing, so I wasn't able to bring anything back. Funny story about that. I tried to bring back. I bought a ninja star. 
and totally. Uh, see, I fucking knew you had something. But I knew I, you had weapons. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it out there and totally forgot about it. Like I, I put it in my bag and just completely forgot about it. So I didn't get to bring it back because, of course, they just find they think I'm trying to smuggle back a fucking ninja star. Like, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> I, 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 I can imagine as well, you know, I mean, maybe there's some some gangsters or whatever in, no. in Oakland. I've never been to Oakland, but I, 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 I've got prejudice against your hometown, unfortunately. But yeah, I think we'll get into good. that another Raiders. day. Raiders! <laughs> yeah. Right. Is it, doesn't Las just, Vegas can, say that, though, now? Yeah, I, fuck your... I can, I can imagine there'd be some kind of... <laughs> There'd be some kind of fucking shootout in Oakland and B just shows up with his ninja, ninja star. star. Like, what are you going to do now, Confis- guys? Confiscated ninja star. <laughs> hey, they didn't know about the one I snuck up my ass, all right? So I got it over here. <laughs> <laughs> I got one back. I got to smuggle. Don't get hit by that shit uh, ninja star. That's the worst one. I walk funny, but I have an ninja star. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Beejus, you, you came on the podcast today to talk about actually one of your recent trips, which is really surprising because we're in a fucking global pandemic, but apparently yeah. America can travel. So I'm, can you tell I'm, us a bit about uh, your most recent trip? Yeah, I'm one of those dumbasses that are still traveling during a global pandemic. <laughs> uh, can, can I ask, though, are, are, are you're vaccinated, right? Or did you need to be vaccinated to travel? I did not need to be vaccinated, but yes, I do have my life condom, and I have been vaccinated twice. Woo! How's the five G? Hey, I'm out here, baby. I'm connected. I'm well connected. Yeah, yeah Highly me respected too, man. and well connected, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Went to Mexico, actually, really randomly too. I um, I bought the ticket the night before on a drunk bender. Yes. Yeah, and always, I always like, the best way to do something. You know, what I'm saying that's the first time I've ever done something like that. But it was the worst plane ride of my life because I was hung over as shit, did, and I had I had work the next morning also. So I, not only did I have to get on a flight first thing in the morning, I also had meetings. So I had to like, oh. wake up, get my bag packed, rush out of the house, get in an Uber, and I, I live in Oakland, but I, you know, had to go to San Francisco um, airport. So that's like a 45-minute drive, maybe 35-minute drive, and then make it to work. So, like, well, not make it to work, but make it to the two meetings that I had that meeting that morning. And so I say all that to say I didn't have time to wake up and drink any water. No, no I'm lying. Mm-hmm. I'm lying. I'm lying. I did wake up and drink a boatload of water, but immediately threw it all up. Okay, so, <laughs> so it doesn't count. It doesn't Which count is the exactly. Of no water. Exactly. So I had no water and no food at all. So I had no time to to get anything. And by the time I got to the airport, like I could have stopped at a cafe, but I was feeling so bad that I was like, the me getting to go sit down is way more important than stopping and standing in this line to get like a sandwich or something. And especially because it's an airport, it would have been like a fucking $50 sandwich anyway. Exactly. Absolute worst plane experience I've ever had in my entire life. I've never been on a, like that hung over on an empty stomach before. So I, <laughs> I, I thought I was, I, I thought I was going to die. Like seriously, when I got to immigration, bro, I was in the line, you know, luckily the line was moving. But I thought not only was I, I thought I was going to pass out because I was like, I was famished, right? Not only was I like hung, severely hung over, but I just hadn't had anything in my system. So like even on a, a sober day, I would have felt weak. 
let alone yeah because i mean like, flying dehydrates you as well right it, dude it was it was fucking horrible so i i'm in that line bro and i'm thinking that i was gonna i thought okay like i said i thought i was gonna pass out but there was two moments when i was like okay i'm gonna actually throw up so just it's a global pandemic and i'm like i'm about to throw up in the middle of an immigration line in mexico <laughs> I was yeah like, stamped <laughs> approved yeah you're good <laughs> Of course, they need, the that. Tequila, so they, they need those tourism dollars, don't they? Oh, my God, bro. I've never – I took all the absolute strength that I've ever had in my – the soul of – the history of my soul, all that strength. I took the strength of my ancestors and, <laughs> and took it all and, 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 and muzzled that fucking throw up, bro. I'm, and I got through. I got through successfully, and it was it was a good time. So, 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 where, so, where did you go? What happened after you got through? Okay, so I went to Mexico City. It was first time in Mexico City, um, and like, luckily, the the very first store that was like, you know, you come through the immigration, and then they let you know you come into the airport. The very first thing I see is a Carl's Jr. So I immediately make a beeline to the Carl's Jr. And like drop my bags. I'm like, please, can I just have a Sprite and some French fries? Please, like, it, I, I, can I just skip the line? To, you know, I, like, I was fucking dying. Typical, typical Americans typical American. thinking that <laughs> no, lo- no line, no move over, peasants, and, fu- and fucking I'm French here. fries. <laughs> Mexico's food's the same as ours, man. Right. Oh my god! And, um, so no, I, I could imagine. I could imagine he got the French fries and went, "Oh, the food's fucking horrible right. in Mexico." <laughs> fucking Mexico food. <laughs> Build the wall. Right. Oh my god. And so, um, so yeah, that that brought me back enough to like get some strength to 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 continue on, and then um, got 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 there. Got got into a taxi. Like the first taxi that I found, I probably got. Um, you know, scammed out of a couple of pesos, but like, I, I, at that point, I just needed to get to a fucking bed. So first person that 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 flagged me down, I was like, yeah, come on, you're probably gonna kidnap me, but oh fucking well, it'll, it'll be a story to tell later. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and then uh, they took me to my hostel, checked into the hostel, and then um, with, one of the funny things, like, I, I guess I'll get to this later, but. When I first got there, this was the first time this has ever happened to me at a hostel. So I get there, I drop my bags, and then I go downstairs to the common area because for me, the most important part of the travel is the people that I meet. Like the the sights, the activities, the food, like everything that comes with travel, all to me comes second to the people that I meet. That's always my number one priority. So first thing I do is get down to the, the common area and like I just do like a broad introduction, like, oh, what's up, everybody? Hey, I'm Brandon. You know, nice to meet you guys. And check like, out my stuff, Beaches. You know Look, I'm a black dude, America. My dick's big. Like, whoa, whoa, let's go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I can imagine him walking through the fucking hostel reception, handing out mixtapes. Like I'm Beaches. <laughs> <Check me out. laughs> now, I mean, okay, let me just interject right quick. One of the things that I've loved about travel is that I that I was able to go places and not introduce myself as Beaches. That's like one thing I don't really have the luxury to do back home or in America because I'm like, especially in the pursuit of music, it's like I, nobody can know me as as Brandon. They have to know me as Beaches because later on down the line, I want them to remember. Oh, that's that guy, you know. So like when I was able to travel, it was like a chance for me to kind of 
disconnect from that. So that, you know, it's just kind of something random. But so I do my introduction and everybody turns around. They're like, oh, hey, hey, hey. And then turn back to what they're doing. Like, I was like, oh, well, what the fuck? Usually I'm like, you know, hey, I'm Brandon. Everybody's like, oh, what's up? Like, come on. Like, I got a beer. Like, come sit down. Like, where are you from? Like, let's get to know each other. These Everybody turned around. I was like, oh, hey. And this turned back around. Full. Right, exactly. Like, you, you can't come sit with us. Like, God damn, all right. You don't, you don't, look, you don't look vaccinated to me, my right, friend. Exactly. I'm like, fucking hey, bro. I just thought of something that, that's interesting to maybe discuss. What are your, because, you know, when you're booking a hostel on Hostel World, it has ratings based on, you know, cleanliness, location, price, or whatever it is. What are the top three things for you guys that you find are the most important when selecting a hostel? This is the hardest thing I found about traveling with you because I will sort price low to high. <laughs> you, you will sort atmosphere high to low. I know that atmosphere. for a fact and it pisses me off because the atmosphere might be like 0.01 better, but it's an extra $20 and you'll be like, fucking hell, I want that one. It's got the extra right. atmosphere, man. <laughs> well, you know what? Sometimes those, those places that are, are pumping that they're, they're really strong on atmosphere... You know, they won't have you won't have the same experiences as be just, you know, you're walking in and be like, fuck you, you know? Well, the thing is, the well, so I don't know what the the rating for the atmosphere was. Excuse me, for that, um, I'm just hella burped into the mic, but for that yeah. hostel, um, but that the rating for like when I when I researched that hostel, it was it was a like social hostel. So that's why it was kind of like weird that people weren't really social to me at the very beginning, you know? Um, but when, I, when I'm when i searching for hostels, I usually don't look at those ratings. Like, I'll, I, I tend to not stay in a hostel that's not a, like a nine or above, but I don't start there. How I start is I, I usually go to Reddit, and I'll just search, like, you know, best insert city or insert country hostels and, like, go to Reddit uh, travel subreddit, the solo travel subreddit, and I'll start there. So I'll try to get, like, you know, because reviews on, on <clears throat> Hostel World and stuff, I, I will use those, but I also know that, like, Hostel World, if you're good with the owners and shit, they're going to try to pad those fucking um, reviews, you know? You, 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 you really put some legs into it. Because I'll sort it low to high on price. And the first, <laughs> one that, the first one that's not, the first one that's not ranked like a fucking minus 4.6. Yeah, that'll do, you know? And if it's super fucking sociable, great, I'll do that. I don't know if it's because I do so much of this shit. Uh -huh. Yeah, that, like I don't mind the mix and match of it. But like, if it's fucking social, great, I'll go be social. If it's quiet, great, I'll fucking take two days off the booze. Right, or an right, afternoon right, off the right, booze. Right. You know, or I'll go out and meet somebody. But I just fucking take it as it comes. I'm not fucking spending those extra dollars. You don't get to, you don't get the thirty three pound budget like that. Yeah. So, 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 Beejus, I, I, I kind of just realized that we kind of skipped over a bit that is, in my opinion, really interesting about your trip is the travel during COVID. Can you give us a bit of your experience going through airports? Uh, like, was there anything, I guess that, cause, cause I mean, a lot of people are, you know, want to travel. They just maybe don't know what that experience looks like. Can you, can you kind of help us paint the picture? I can. It's been the easiest travel experience I've ever had in my entire life. And I've traveled internationally three times during COVID. Uh, <laughs> each time 
was the easiest. So the first time that I traveled was in July 2020, and I went to Mexico. I went to Tulum solely for a month. So I, you know, flew into Cancun, and like when I got there, usually when you get to a country, you have to like go through like more strenuous um, custom type of shit. And I, you know, got there, had to go through the the normal line, fill out their form. And that was it. Like, there was no extra precaution that went through. They didn't take any tests. They didn't take any, excuse me, any temperature. Like, nothing. I was I was expecting it to be, like, people in hazmat suits, like, spraying us down and shit. Absolutely nothing. Like, I got out of, that, out of the, the airport, like, I'm, like, out of the airport? Like, somebody got, like, on a like, chase. Is this me. fucking bus station? Right, exactly. Like, did they, like... Did they just miss me or something? Like I thought I, might, <laughs> I snuck through and I, somebody was gonna come running after me with some rabbit dog or some shit. Like I was like, oh, that was fairly easy. Um, Guatemala was the next trip that I went to, and that was in the the end of October into November. That was probably the most uh, difficult, but like. It wasn't difficult. I just mean like that was the one that had a couple of extra steps. So I went right when Guatemala opened their borders for the first time in the pandemic. I went actually the week after. And so they required a PCR uh, COVID test. It turned out that the uh, COVID testing station that I use didn't do PCR tests, which I didn't fucking find out until I was at the counter. What's PCR? I don't know, but it's... it's Purple-colored rainbow or something? Exactly. Purple-colored okay. rainbow COVID test. Uh, <laughs> and unfortunately, the testing site that I used didn't use a purple-colored rainbow COVID test. So um, I get I get up to the counter to check in, and they're like, um, sorry, sir, but we don't... Um, we don't allow this test. Like this isn't this is not a purple color rainbow test. And I'm like, <laughs> you like how I kept that? Huh? <laughs> I'm like, um, well, I mean, this is like a, it's a, you know, reputable site. It's a colors. Like colors is one of the testing sites that are like, you know, all over. Super confused. Luckily, the lady. So, first lady told me no. I went back up to the counter after like finding more information, went to another lady. That other lady, like she actually kind of helped me out. She went to the back and was like, let me check with my manager. She came back from, from her manager and was like, yeah, um, for some reason, I don't know why, but like Guatemala is the only country that's gonna allow this this test which was complete bullshit. I think the lady just really fucking helped me out. She was like, just deal with it. Like, basically, she, without, she was telling me without telling me, just deal with it when you get to the country, you know? Um, so I get to the country, and luckily I don't speak Spanish. So the guy, <laughs> the, when, I, when I got to the, so like when you get to the, to the airport, they, you had to wait in the line, and then they would check your test results. He he basically asked me like in Spanish like you know if if the test was like the test in my nostril and I was like yes because they did do a nostril test but it was not the PCR test so he thought I was saying yes it was the PCR test in reality it wasn't so I got very very lucky and got let into the country wow yeah luckily I didn't have anything I mean that's the 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 
the fucked up thing about it is like traveling through a pandemic is that you know, especially coming from like what would would be considered a first world country, I have access to healthcare that these people don't have in this country, you know. So a lot of shit got put into perspective when I got there, and I was like, I actually probably shouldn't have done this. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm I'm not the smartest. I'm more impulsive. <laughs> impulse that i am a, a good thinker <laughs> <laughs> hey man you, you have needs at the end of the day yeah, but man. uh so so it sounds like traveling might be easier than ever and based on countries wanting tourists i'd say oh i'd say easy i'd say e- i'd say easier than expected i wouldn't say easier than ever Right. I, I think the way Sid put it is, yeah. is a little bit better, easier than expected yeah. for sure. Really appreciate you leaving us a five star review, a comment, and sharing Two Beers Still Take Off with your friends. QA. Hot or cold? Hot for sure. I hate fucking being cold. I hate it. I hate Dude. it. Fuck you, San Francisco. <laughs> San Francisco is cold? Yeah, the Bay Area is very, very cold. Now, people, that's how you know tourists. So if you ever come to the Bay Area, do not pack all shorts. Don't don't expect coming to Los Angeles. Bay Area is very, very cold. Not year-round. <laughs> for a Californian. For a Californian, yes, 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 yes. But, I would t- okay, I would tell you, people, tourists will come here thinking they're going to have 80-degree weather all the all the time, and then they get here, and, and it's like fucking 50-degree weather. What's 80, so, what's 80 degrees? That's like the temperature I cook a fucking chicken at. That's the <laughs> that, that's what us Americans use, all right? What are we, the metric system or some shit like that? We're yeah, Fahrenheit. Like the rest of the world. We're Fahrenheit. <laughs> Fuck you guys, all right? So, so be just don't even bother visiting Canada. I'll just FaceTime you. Oh, yeah, I know. Don't, don't worry. I, I don't have any plans to. Dude, he's already seen Beach. it all on Google Street View anyway. Exactly. Beach or mountains? Beach, for sure. Bus or train? I'll do train. Cats have- or dogs? Dogs. <laughs> Rest in peace, DMX, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Dogs for life, baby. (laughs) Top or bottom bunk? I was about to say, well, hold on. Where the fuck we going with this one? Um, I will do. (laughs) If I don't finish the sentence with bunk, you're like, Right, wait a minute. Hold on, player. Um, I'll do bottom bunk. What is your favorite world attraction? I would say, okay, hands down, it would be the full moon party in, in Thailand. I don't know if that would be qualify as a world attraction. I think, I think it does. It's an event. That's fine. Event, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, hands down. Been there twice, and I will go another time for sure. Sid, you've been there before, right? Yeah, I have. We fucking spoke about this. I don't remember which episode it was now, but we've spoken about this. It was fucking wild. Yeah, it was a great time. Great like, time. literally 90% of what happened that night is not acceptable to put on fucking Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> what is the most overrated world attraction? I would say the Marina Bay Sands, that big-ass hotel that's in uh, Singapore, and it has that, like, connected roof on uh, roof pool on the top. I, I've, I I don't know what it's, it is. But it's I, not. Yeah. It's not. It's not even the best random ass hotel to visit in Singapore. Yeah. I, so I I stayed there when I was there with my job 
before, uh, I, not before anything, but I went there with my job and I was lucky enough to, to stay there because that's all I knew about Singapore. I didn't do any research and I just knew about the Marina Bay Sands. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to flex. If I can use some corporate money to stay somewhere, I'm, gonna, I'm about to flex on everybody. So I stayed there. Hotel, I've stayed in way better. I've stayed in better hostel rooms than the fucking hotel that I was than that room that I was in that Marina Bay Sands. And then the 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 pool, while kind of cool, it was like I mean, it was just a a, a rooftop pool. Like I, it had I've I've seen better um, views, and I couldn't even get my friends or my actually my coworkers up with me because you needed to be like staying at the at the hotel. In order so to fun. get into, yeah. So it was just, yeah, get the fuck out of here with that shit. So yeah, I, 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 I fucking realized it was just crawling with fucking tourists. Yeah, I'd read about yeah. this place called Raffles in a book I was reading at the time. It was called, uh, it was called The Backpacker. Actually, Brendan, go through my book collection. It's probably still at your house. Brendan, not Brandon. <laughs> well, you sent us the video guy. of it. <laughs> no, the backpacker, yeah, not the hundred... that book. Oh, thanks, buddy. It's called anyway, the and the guy fucking. Yeah, it's called The Backpacker. And the guy stayed at this place called Raffles, yeah. Never paid his fucking hotel bill, in case anyone was wondering. Mm-hmm. And it still it still exists 30 years after the book. And they've got this fucking, like, saloon bar. There's no view or anything, but it's the home of the Singapore sling. As in the cocktail. And I was just sitting wow. there fucking, yeah, polishing those back. Yeah, and the home of where they were created. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, Singapore Better than being didn't... surrounded by fucking Britneys and Daphnes. Ooh, look at my Instagram page. I'm at the Marina right, Bay that's, Sands. That's... That's the word. Daphne's. <laughs> so we're about to retire this question, but which country has the best cuisine? Oh, it's a fuck, dude. That's a very hard one because Thailand, Tokyo, or Japan, and Vietnam, all three had dishes that were like out of this world, completely out of this world. I will, Okay, I'm going to go with Thailand because... The food was varied, but also super cheap. So, like, food was very good and varied in in Tokyo, but it wasn't as it wasn't as like cheap as Thailand or Vietnam. Vietnam was cheaper than all three, but the cuisine wasn't as varied. So, like, Thailand mm-hmm. is kind of like in the middle, where it's like you get amazing food. It's varied. You can have a very like. You know, different options, but it's also dirt fucking cheap. So I'll go with Thailand for sure. Dude, we can't, we can't, we can't retire this question now because somebody's finally not chosen Italy. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know, but I, I was going to modify it, but then I remembered that B just hadn't been to Italy. Italy I was going to uh, say which co- which country other than Italy, Italy. has the best cuisine. <laughs> oh, like it's okay, retired. It's, it's, it's we have, now we retired the number, isn't it? <laughs> Blossom. It's on, yeah, I'm glad it's I on to other countries. Combo Congratulations, breaker. Italy. You guys are fucking amazing. <laughs> Feed me. What is your biggest travel pet peeve? My biggest travel pet peeve? I don't, I truthfully don't think I have one, bro, because I, before I go, I have a pep talk with myself and just like, no matter what goes wrong, it's still going right. You know what I'm saying? Like, no matter what goes wrong, I'm still going to be able to share this experience over a beer with some friends and it's still going to go onto the page of my book of life. Um, so like, there's not much that, that like annoys me, even like the most annoying 
Instagram-driven travelers don't annoy me. Those damn fucking um, Daphne's. Yeah, those damn Daphne's are. I mean, sometimes if you play your cards right, you might end up with a Daphne or Rachel for a couple of <laughs> nights. So it's like, I'm not gonna write them off. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I keep blow my up cards. the Instagram. Exactly. I, I need some Instagram likes too. So if I'm, I, mean, I don't know how. I, <laughs> I don't know how you know say how deep we could go into this, but it's like if if I can you know if I can make her in love with me, I can get a couple hundred followers. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm just fucking around. <laughs> but side side note though, your Instagram is awesome. Your photos are so fucking good, man. So thank you. We'll, man. we'll definitely we'll definitely have your uh, Instagram plug at the in, in in our episode notes. Appreciate it. Tell us your best travel hack. My best travel hack. Um, okay, so this is this is speaking to people that don't think that they can afford to travel. Um, for me, my strategy when I was broke as fuck but still traveling is you got to be real patient with it. So buy your ticket, you know, as far in advance as you can. So six or plus months in advance, buy that ticket, and then well, no, before even before that, try to set aside a certain amount of money a month what i was able what i was able to afford was four hundred dollars a month um which is it's not a lot but it's also not even a, a little either so if you can only set aside two hundred dollars a month do that but just set that that goal of like okay i'm gonna set aside two hundred dollars four hundred dollars six hundred dollars whatever a month save up that money until you get the price of whatever you the, the the ticket is buy that ticket six to six plus months in advance and then continue to save that money and then once you have that ticket all you are all you have is six plus months of of time to just save and research what's the most underrated country the most underrated country oh yeah. that's a good one i don't think i'm travel i don't think i'm well traveled enough to answer that because I mean, every place that I've been to is like super high on lists. So like Guatemala is very high on list. Uh, Southeast Asia is super high on list. Um, Tokyo super high on list. Um, I, so I, you I, know what? I, I just thinking about it, I don't know if I would place Guatemala as like a mainstream place that people go to. Maybe more Americans, but I fucking wouldn't. I don't know anyone. I, I I don't know anyone who's not American that's been to Guatemala. You're okay. the second American oh, I've heard I'll, this oh. week that has been to Guatemala. So I'll say that. But well, like, I, I don't know many people that have been. All that I, all like what got what led me to Guatemala was people that weren't from America. It was like other Europeans, Australians, and and things like that. So I've I've heard that Guatemala is an amazing place to go to, but it was all from non-Americans. So maybe. Um, you know, that's just the, our different experiences. But I guess Guatemala would, would be that answer then. Can, can I rephrase what I said slightly? The people who aren't American I know have been to Guatemala, their opinions are worth disregarding because they're those kind of fucking ticklish travelers. <laughs> like, oh, fucking hell, man. I spent a day in India. So I've done yeah, it all. Yeah, yeah, Sorry yeah. for putting on the American accent there. They didn't need it. They were Sorry. Europeans. I was doing <laughs> an impression of but It's the only accent I've got. I love it's it when he, when he busts out his... Uh, his uh, quarterback talk. Right. Yeah, quarterback. <laughs> Dude, I, I, that's one of the things I absolutely love is when I travel, I always ask, like, the people that I'm traveling with and I'm, you know, making friends with to do an American accent because I love to hear 
how people hear us. And then I also ask them to do an admit, like talk like I do, because I, cause I can't hear it, you know? So when people like use my accent, I, I, I fucking love it. I absolutely love it. But, Dude, but yeah, I guess, I, I, like my, my, my American accent, it originates, I think, from maybe like Oklahoma or somewhere like right, this. Yeah, I can't that, do your accent. That's that, that middle American shit. That's the worst American accent you can have. You got you to gotta don a New York or, or, or a California <laughs> accent, brother. <laughs> Get a cooler accent, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like a lot of Americans, I guess, that I meet are like, oh, a boot. Sorry, eh? Yeah, yeah, right. But exactly. it's, it's like you have to remember, like, like for me, I don't think that i have that accent because english well, isn't my first language you spend you spend an hour doing that every week we fucking record <laughs> you definitely... but i, I guess ahead. the point i'm trying to make is is that if you even just look at like a country small like england there's so many different accents now throw that on you know north american standards of, of right. space like there's so many different accents if you look at like just the u.s you look at texas to... right but that's not that's not a great comparison though because we've had thousands of years to work on these accents or you guys have existed for about five but still the united states does have a lot of different accents they have a, a th so many different accents like i'm from california but if i go aob a son a son that's like a new york accent if i, if I do like oh we we gonna wrangle them cowboys we are that to me that's like a, a texas accent you know what i'm saying so like i can do different accents that are that are american but there's there's more like distinct accents you know like a new york or like a texas i feel like new york and texas are like the most the two distinct accents that are that are that you can yep. think of american or just yeah, like the, the the dude bro type of shit. Yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? Bro. Bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, man. No, really, bro. <laughs> Where's somewhere you'd never go back? I, okay, so I, I'm going to contradict myself, but Singapore is one place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only contradicting myself because I was trying to be more like politically correct and I wanted to shit on somebody's country. That's why I said like... Singapore would never be a destination. Like I would never be like, okay, I'm gonna go spend a couple of weeks in Singapore. But if an opportunity pops up that like, okay, you know, I'm traveling with somebody and like I'm on a around the world trip and then I met a girl and she's about to go to Singapore for a couple of days, I would do that. I wouldn't like be like, no, I'm never going go. exactly. But I I would never. Why well, never say never? But I I just don't have an, a desire to go back to Singapore. But you you can you can rag on Singapore. That's fine. Like I don't want other podcast hosts listening to this and taking our idea. So I think there's probably <laughs> one thing we do that's different. We'll tell you when something is shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, Singapore is fucking shit. It was exactly. Shite. It was shite. Not not Singapore. It's shitapore. Shit where have you where have you experienced Dude, the that least was weak? <laughs> where have you experienced the least friendly locals? Ooh, the least friendly locals. America. Yes. The other guys in Oakland. I'm a black man in America. That's where I fucking experienced the, the least friendly local. <laughs> what is your favorite cocktail? My favorite cocktail. Um, okay, I'm I am I'm a tequila drinker. So I mean anything with tequila is is gonna be my go-to. But I do have two like newer things like one that i just just discovered but i'll talk about that in a second 
the first one, uh, when I was in Tokyo with my daughter, Amaya, shout out to my daughter, Amaya, we were at the Ninja restaurant, and one of the cocktails they had there was champagne with a scoop of uh, raspberry sherbet. That oh, shit. shit was good as fuck. I've never heard of that before. Never, I've, I've, I've like had it. You know, I've, I've made it myself, but I've never found that again anywhere else. I've never even considered those two flavors together. Me either. It like, what's up? <laughs> that shit was amazing. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't stirred up, but it was just like the scoop of of sherbet was like at the bottom of the the glass. So you would just like drink the champagne until you got more to the bottom and then you would like you know have like little scoops of uh sherbet it was fucking amazing like write that down remember to kind of next time you go on a date with your girl make her that shit who panties dropping baby (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you you guys heard it here first from beaches i love seeing you guys' reactions when i (laughs) When I when I say some wild shit, I hope you guys realize that I'm doing this shit on purpose because I'm I'm loving of to see I'm loving to see I'm I'm loving torturing you guys like edit edit edit. <laughs> I'm not I'm not the one who edits it anymore, so so I, it might make its way. I could just see you guys making the edit counts in your head like fuck another edit. But <laughs> one of these fucking edits. He just is never coming back on. Fuck this guy. <laughs> The thing is, though, the outtakes for the Patreon page are going to be oh, yeah. stacked on this episode. Big lit, baby. Big lit. <laughs> oh, Where did good. you find your cheapest pint? Fucking Vietnam, definitely. I think that was like a 12. Retire the fucking question. Everybody chooses Vietnam. Yeah. It's too easy. You can't, you can't go, you can't get any better than the fucking, I forgot what they call it, but it's like the little beer alley spot in, in Hanoi where it's just like you get these like home brewed brewskis and I think they're like 12 cents a, a beer. Inflation. You know what I'm saying? It fucking, it was amazing bro. So we like, that when I was doing it, it was just us, a couple of me, my friends from the hostel and we would all just buy like a tray of like 10 to 20 beers each and then just like you know having a so we was like going through like a hundred fucking beers in a in a sitting, bro. It was it, it was it was crazy. Very very cheap and very good too. Where in the world is your favorite bar? Where in the world is my favorite bar in Tokyo? Um, it was a, a like a video game themed bar. Um, so each drink was like video game themed, and like some of them had like. I remember I forgot what it was called, but one of my homies did one of those those uh, shots that's like they they put it on fire. I yeah, think yeah. it was called. It was it might have been a Hadouken or some shit like that. I don't know, but like I'm I'm a Hadouken. 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 But I, I'm finish a, her. Right. That's a different different game. That's blasphemy. Which is, which is no. That's oh, is blas- it not? That's blasphemy. No, I'm just fucking with you. Oh. Uh, I'm a huge gamer though, so like going out there. And of course, it was my first time in Tokyo, so like all the like little novelty places, you try to hit them all up. And so that was one of those ones that I went. I heard about it years ago. Went. It was kind of like a dream come true. So I was out. That that goes. But I don't remember the name of it. All right. Um, so I'm gonna talk just general Mexico. So <clears throat> if you're along the coast, definitely get 
seafood. I mean, that that's worldwide, I guess, right? It's not just specific to Mexico. <laughs> if but, you find the I'm sea, just, <laughs> get the seafood, all right? No, I'm just saying. If you're saying, in the mountains, like, maybe consider something else. I'm sorry if that's if that answer sucks, but it's like it. Mexico is a cheap country, so like you can seafood is usually, especially coming from Westernized countries, it's usually a expensive dish. So when you're in in a, in a more um, cheaper country like Mexico. So go for the seafood if you're in. Have to give numbers, just right, we don't sorry. have to number these. It's easier. I got you. I got you. Um, street tacos, one thousand yes. percent, hands down, some of the best shit you'll fucking get. The cheapest meal you'll probably get in Mexico are the street tacos. Uh, I have not had one bad street taco in Mexico. They are all fucking amazing. Uh, let me see. Have you see. have you done the one with the the beef tongue? I did actually. No. Oh, well, really? No. Let me think about this. I had, it was it. Was, I did beef tongue. Yeah, it was it was when I was in Mexico City. But it was it wasn't nice. a street. It wasn't a street taco. It was at a restaurant. But it was still. I mean, it was it was fucking tasty. It didn't taste any different thing. I mean, it's like I say, it's all the same fucking seasonings. You know, um, it was really tasty. Um, think about what else. Tequila for sure, mezcal for sure. I mean, of course. Can you can you can you explain the difference between tequila and mezcal for any of the drinkers that are listening, and also um, for myself? Well, I so don't know about I, the process. I, I, I know it's used like they use different. So there's like the the agave plant is where mex, uh, tequila and mezcal come from. I believe that mezcal and tequila come from a different style of agave but they also have a different brewing process um now don't quote me on how it's all done but i know that there are some differences on how it's prepared and i do believe that they come from a different i I think phil might have a better answer so so i i think that that's correct uh i think my kind of rule of thumb when i listen i i've done the the resort thing a few times in mexico i've done the cancuns the playa del carmen's that but i guess in terms of determining if something is a mezcal or a tequila is the mezcals that i've seen all had worms in them oh well no see i i the mezcal does have worms but i i mean worms they usually sometimes they will have worms but every mezcal that i've had didn't have a worm in it the most the different the the major different characteristics between them two is that mezcal is is, a, is smoky yeah so yeah, yeah. i had a, i i i had a dog for a while when he had worms should i call him mezcal or tequila <laughs> you should call him mezcal <laughs> for sure <laughs> so so i i have a funny story uh for when i was in uh in mexico so i guess my buddy and his family and my family and I, we went to Mexico uh, like on a resort for my birthday and Christmas because my birthday is around Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, the day before or I guess the night before my birthday, my buddy and I were at the bar just doing shots, doing shots of mezcal. And when it hit midnight, we asked for two more mezcal shots. And the guy, wouldn't you know it, he fucking pours out the worm. <laughs> In, in one of the shot glasses and my buddy's like, hey, happy fucking birthday, buddy. Hands it to me and oh. Oh, bet. It's, it's, not, it's not something I, I feel like you want to chomp on. It's, it's, it's a definite like, you know, it's like a Tylenol. You just want to swallow it and not fucking get the juices in. Ugh. Yeah. But anyways, that, that shit just been soaking up alcohol for years. It's, 
Yeah. It's not a good hangover. So me- I, I actually hate mezcal because it's smoky. But like it's basically to me, mezcal tastes like tequila with with like a smoky flavor thrown into it. And I just the smokiness just throws me completely off. But I love tequila. Um, but you know, so I mean, like as an American, people, if, if you're listening to this and you're American and thinking like, okay, what the fuck, mezcal and tequila is like. Not the thing. I don't think I, I mean, you guys can probably answer this, but I don't know if mezcal and tequila are like of, as readily available in other countries as they are like in Mexico and then like parts of uh, America. No, man, I don't. I don't think mezcal gets in, get, gets exported to no. many other places. Right, right, right. Now we can get that Jose Cuervo or the Patron, but I don't and know about it. any mezcals. Yeah. So when I get when I get no down to. When I get down to uh, to Mexico, I always buy like more expensive tequila. Like this most recent time, I get down there and I, and I show up to one of the hostels. In, in, this was when I was in Tulum, and uh, I like made friends with one of the homies, and he had a bottle of tequila. He was like, "Yo, you want to drink?" I'm like, "Yeah." So we just like finished his bottle of tequila, but it was like you know one of the cheaper bottles. And so I drink uh, Don Julio Resposado which is like $50 a bottle here, but it was $25 a bottle down there. So I was just like, okay, instantly I'm buying two bottles of this big ass expensive tequila. And I, it just felt kind of good to be able to like share that experience with him. Cause he was from France. And so tequila wasn't like a, a thing. So for me to be able to kind of like buy what is essentially a, a, an expensive tequila, but it was cheap for me, it was a, it was a, a good experience, you know? So I think that was only three things food-wise I brought up. Um, another good dish to get when you're in Mexico is a torta. And a torta is basically I've never like, heard of this. Yeah, so it's basically just a Mexican sandwich. So it's like the same ingredients that would go into a taco or go into a burrito or whatever um, with like minus the rice just goes on um, like a, a, you know, like French bread or whatever. And they make a oh, sandwich sure. out cool, of it. That's cool, man. I didn't, I didn't know about this. Yeah, I'm trying that tomorrow for lunch. Fucking good. Fucking good. And then um, another super good dish would just be like a um, chile, chilequiles. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's like it's more. So we, so we, 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 we slaughter pronunciations every week. All the time. Okay, good. Good. I'm glad I'm yeah. adding to the. So you're to, on brand. Right, exactly. But I, so it's like chile, chilequiles. And it's, it, I, I believe, do not quote me on this, but I believe it's more of a breakfast dish. Um, but it, it's like, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's like meat when it, it with like the, like, and I'm, I'm about to butcher the recipe, but I, I'm guessing that it's like the enchilada sauce, but I know it's not the enchilada sauce. I think it, it might just be like the chilequiles sauce. Um, but then they also put it over, um, that like they'll do, they'll do egg. I, I don't know if I said egg already. So like no. meat, maybe like actually take the meat out. I think you can add that on uh, like as an addition, but it's like eggs smothered in that little sauce. And then they'll put uh, tortilla chips in it as well and it's fucking amazing it's a great breakfast meal to have did did you end up going to any of the taco bells out there no <laughs> hell no <laughs> hell no the only reason i even went to that fucking carl's jr was because it was the only thing that i knew i was going to eat that wasn't going to kill me other than that i don't i don't, 
I'm gonna fuck with the American food. Actually, I'm lying. I'm totally lying. I, I ate Panda Express when I was in Mexico City. <laughs> Dusty. But I guess I guess one of the other things to to uh, consider in uh, Mexico, they're very unique. I guess in terms of where they are geographically, is how pure and clean their water is. Yeah. Um, it, you can know you can just drink it from the tap. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Don't drink the fucking nah, water. Nah, nah, nah. Don't, Don't drink the fucking it. water. <laughs> they set you up for failure, people. <laughs> But I it's mean, coming straight out your ass. Right. Speaking of, speaking to that, like one of the top things I was going to mention about Mexico in general is like the cenotes. And so the cenotes are like if you if you've seen like those like kind of like underwater caves or it's like, oh, you, right. know, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like little holes in the, in the ground that you see people jump into and that goes into water. It's a, a basically an underwater cave system that goes from like all of Mexico, I think, into Guatemala, like that water system it all runs into into e- each other. Wow. And so all these, like, it, like you know, like it, Tulum has a bunch of them. So if you're in Tulum, like, definitely go, you know, go to the beach. It's beautiful, but also see the cenotes. That's something that you cannot get in really any other part of the world. But the cenotes are fucking gorgeous places, gorgeous places to go. You know, two, two, two things I want to add on food and drink. Which, you know, one is pretty fucking straightforward, which would be chilies. Yeah. Like, I know we've talked about the seasoning and stuff, but just straight up the chilies. <laughs> and the second one would qualify as a travel hack, to be honest. Yeah. If you are ever anywhere in the world where there are a lot of mosquitoes, if you drink a shot of tequila before bed, and this is a fact. If you drink a shot of tequila before bed, you will not be bitten by a mosquito. Wow. Really? Yeah. The mosquito will not touch you. I'm going to call bullshit on that, but I want to believe it, so I'm going to I'm gonna Test try it. it next time. Test I'm it. Gonna the try, mosquitoes will not go near the smell of it. Eight, eight, eight hours you've got. Is there a spe- specific brand Big that shot. I should get? <laughs> the cheapest shit I mean, the one that... Just start sounds people, working for Don Julio or something. <laughs> By the sounds of what you said, whatever comes out the taps would be good enough for you, boys. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, I actually learned. I actually learned that in Malta when we were staying in Malta with fucking stuff. He told really? it to me, yeah. And I've been using it for ten years, and it's never got malaria yet. Yeah. No, I mean, like I haven't got malaria, but I've got no liver left. Right? Yeah. Who needs a liver anyway? Don't you have two of those? Right, overrated fucking. I heard, organs. I heard they grow, they grow back anyway. Fuck it. That'll be the All next right. Q and A question. The most overrated organ. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the story. Story time. So, I know it's my turn to tell a story. And I haven't really got much to say. I figured, as we've spoken about it a little bit, we'd throw this back to Thailand. Yeah. And when I was, and when I was there, you know, as we may have mentioned before during my Southeast Asia trip, it was during the World Cup time. You know, and I was traveling with Ricky, and we did not want to miss any games, especially any games we had any fucking money on, which was most of them. <laughs> so we were going down from uh, from Bangkok to Koh Phangan. And normally what you'd do is you'd catch the, the train or the bus down to the deep south and then catch a quick boat across. What we realized based on looking at a map was that if we did that, 
we'd miss the games of the evening, which were like Netherlands, Costa Rica and some random other ass game. Yeah, but it was the Netherlands, Costa Rica game we had a bit of money on. And so we we looking at Google Maps, you know, like how you can see certain towns are written in bold based on how yeah. their size. We found this town called Chumpon, which is kind of halfway <laughs> to where we needed to go to. Yeah. And we're like, fuck, you know, there wasn't a lot of information about it online. There wasn't really a lot of research we could do. I mean, it was happening the next day. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, let's just go to Chumpon. We'll be all right. You know? And we did have to get one of those. Yeah. He, he, like yes he was just rooting it oh. on. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Since learning. <laughs> But right, so we fuck right. So we caught, so we caught the train down to Chumpon, yeah, coming into the evening time. Thai trains, fucking wonderful, as we've spoken about, yeah. Got these fucking lovely ass beds, getting some food served to us. Like it was a nice journey down there, yeah. And we get to Chumpon, we're like, ah, oh, fuck, you know. Actually, this looks like a bit of a one-horse town, and I mean, it is. It's literally just a fucking train station and the port. But the port doesn't normally take you to Koh Phangan. It normally takes you to the other islands that are higher north, like Koh Tao. Where, the, where all the scuba divers go. Anyway, yeah. so we're walking through the town, and lo and behold, my instincts were correct. We find a 24-hour bar, and the place is massive, yeah? Must have been 200 seats in there. I mean, there was only about five of us sitting in there, so I felt bad for the waiters, you know, fucking doing laps of the place. But it was five of us in there, big fucking screen. They're showing the, the, the Netherlands-Costa Rica game. And we end up chatting to the other table. They're these old fucking Thai, Thai guys, yeah. And they, they looked like they were fucking gangsters, all dressed in fucking suited and booted, Armani, Gucci, head to toe, like top black label like real whiskey. Or fake. Double... Well, I never asked them, but it was the whiskey on the table was real. It was all fucking black label, double gold label. Like, honestly, sitting down, like their English was shit, but it was nice. Like, I think they won a lot more money than we did, but fucking we won on the game. And like, oh shit, you know. It's still the middle of the night because the game the games were in Brazil, yeah, it's 2014. So the time zones were like just worked out that the games were in the middle of the night. So we found out there's a nightclub next door. Again, there's nothing fucking going on in this town. Apparently there's one bar and one nightclub. Go, we've got our fucking our big bags of us, because we're traveling. Speak to the bouncer and he's like, oh yeah, his English was pretty good. You know, he's like, oh yeah, leave me a few, leave me a few bart, yeah. And I'll look after the bags. So we left him a few bars, yeah. And then remember, the trombone was never his part of the fucking plan. Going to this nightclub, we're fucking dancing away, giving it large, go out to fucking smoke a dart. And I'm like, oh shit, Ricky, it's late. Like, we need to go, our boat's going. Like, we haven't stopped anywhere for the last, you know, I mean, it's got to be 18 hours we're pushing out. We've literally, this is our, this is our changeovers place. And we've gone to a fucking bar and a nightclub and been on the piss the whole time. I fucking hell, Ricky, get, get out of here, yeah? So we grabbed the bags off the bouncer. This guy's like, Kotao, Kotao, Kotao. We're like, no, nah, man, Kopenyang, Kopenyang. And he's like, I for a price, I'll take you, yeah. So we, we get thrown in the back of this fucking Jeep. And he takes us over to his boat. And he's like, yeah, yeah, right, I'll take you, you know. They're a pretty big boat. There's a bunch of other tourists on there, you know. And it's now getting towards like fucking 8 a.m. And we've really been drinking, yeah. Like me and Ricky are absolutely flying. So we keep drinking on the boat because it turns out there's a bar. And I mean, at 8 a.m., everybody else is like fucking just woken up. Like they're not drinking or anything. Me and Ricky are fucking pounding. Like, come on, guys, get the fucking shots in, yeah? 
We stop in Koh Tao. Get a couple yeah, of mezcals in, baby. Get the mezcals in. Get the worms down you. <laughs> right. So we stop in Koh Tao, right? And Ricky's so fucking keen that when, they're, when, they're, when the boat guys are like ushering the tourists off the boat, as in every other tourist isn't me and Ricky because we're the only two people going to Koh Phangan, yeah? Ricky's on the top deck throwing people's bags off onto the port. <laughs> like he's just grabbing people's backpacks and just chucking them off. <laughs> he's so strong. <laughs> but you know, it was that key, you know, and it was it was a good idea that we did get set off pretty soon after that because fucking hell yeah, we both passed out on the deck. And when we woke up, like, do you know what I mean? It'd gone from 8 a.m. to like 11 a.m., you know, southern Thailand, the sun was strong. Fucking hell, I woke up like an absolute lobster. I was fried. <laughs> oh, yeah, because we'd put no sun cream on, we'd never expected any heat. Like, and we just fallen asleep out there. Yeah. But eventually we get to fucking Kopanyang. And we go check into this hostel run by a guy called Lazy John. English guy, yeah. I, I believe he threw his passport in the sea. I don't think he ever had a visa. But he was a nice guy, right? And so we checked in it and we were so drunk, we actually booked the wrong dates and we never actually booked there for the full moon party. But Aww. I guess that's a fucking story for another day, yeah. We, we did find something to fucking do that evening, but it wasn't a Lazy John's. And so I thought, fucking hell, I'm going to go for a nap. Like, I'm sunburnt as fuck. And Lazy John had gone out into the garden of the hostel, chopped these fucking plants up. Yeah, it must have been aloe vera or something like that. And he was just, like, getting all the juice out and, like, fucking, like, oh, put these leaves on your body, son. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. You'll get over it. And to be fair, I woke up and I wasn't so bad. But, I mean, when I woke up, it was fucking 10 p.m. <laughs> and Koh Panyang is, like, the, the resort of Thailand, like if you're talking about like fucking Mexico or Costa Rica or Benidorm. It's the fucking yeah. Cancun. Yeah, Copenhagen is like the resort of Thailand. Like I don't know if B just wants to agree with me on this, but it is a little bit fucking resortish. I wouldn't say resortish, but it's definitely like more... Uh, Phuket is like the resort. I've, okay, I feel yeah. Like. Yeah. Because like yeah. resort, I, I think it's like, you know... A little bit more luxury with a bunch of fucking tourists and shit. Copenhagen has the tourists because they attract the the full moon party. But like those days leading up, and the couple of days after the full moon party, best fucking island in in Thailand, in my opinion. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, so Phuket is like the resorts, but Copenhagen is touristy as fuck. The reason I was yeah. getting to that anyway was because we woke up at 10 p.m. and I was like, "Fuck, I need a bit of breakfast." We went for an English fry up at 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Lady John knew another English guy on the island, yeah, in Hatrin. And he was like, oh, yeah, fuck, man. I know this guy. His name's fucking Brian. Brian Smith. Something like that, yeah. And he did us <laughs> some fucking bacon. He did us some bacon and sausages at fucking, like, yeah, gone 10. Uh, anyway, class. We were obviously hung over as fuck after the day we'd had in Chump on, yeah, because the World Cup meant that much to us. Right. Like, we know we're talking about how important travelling is to us. I value the World Cup the same way. It's the pinnacle of football. I guess. So I mean anyway, soccer. Right. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean fucking hockey, man. <laughs> hey man, don't anyway, tra don't, tra don't translate into American for me, okay? Please. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we're we're in fucking bits, yeah. We're in fucking bits. But the guy Brian, he's got this Tomorrowland video playing on this massive TV, yeah. You know Tomorrowland, the big thing in Belgium, the big with all the top DJs. You know, right, David right. Guetta and, you know, Avicii, you know. Martin Garrix. Martin Garrix, yeah. yeah. You went really fucking French for a second then. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
And we've been watching this on repeat whilst we were eating our breakfast. And I just turned around to him and Ricky, I'm in the fucking mood. Let's get out on the town, yeah? So we went down to the beach and it was a few days before full moon. So it wasn't packed, yeah? But there was a few things going on and we were, you know, we'd not had much to eat except that breakfast. It, took, it didn't take us long to get pissed again. And we met these lovely young ladies, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so obviously we're on Hatrin Beach. And I mean, what you do down there, they've named the cocktail after. I think the kids call it sex on the beach. Yeah. And so, and so what? They're going to say tequila what, what, sunrise. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think that might be a Bee Gees story. Get that booty ninja star out. <laughs> Man, that has to be a but, sex sex move or something. Sex painting. Yeah, that booty ninja star. <laughs> the, the but anyway, ninja anyway, so, so so me me and this young lady, we went down to you know a quieter place at the beach, and we looked round. And like, I was already fucking butt naked yet. And we were like, oh fuck, actually quite a lot of people can see us. So we moved along a little bit further along towards some rocks with for a little bit more, you know, privacy. Uh, We did the business. (laughs) Might be privacy. I don't know if I've been speaking to you for too long. The privacy. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so we moved along for a little bit of privacy, right? And when I come back to the shorts a full 15 seconds later, no, did I, I miss with that know. one? No. So, when, so when I came, when I came, when I came back, when I came back to the shorts, right, that I'd taken off, everything out of the pockets were gone. Everything. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Fucking a. And I was like, oh fuck. Yeah. Middle of the night, as I'd said, there weren't many people there anyway. And by the time we'd, you know, done what we were doing, there was nobody left. The bars were shut. There was fucking nothing going on around there, yeah? I was like, shit. Not far from where I'd left the short. I mean, I'd obviously put the shorts back on at this point, yeah? I wasn't just waving them around like a helicopter. <laughs> I went into this fucking... <laughs> went, in, went into this little bar, yeah? And there was a guy asleep in there. Reasonably old guy. And I thought, fuck, there's no one else around here. So I fucking shook him till he woke up. I remember I, I'd had a few drinks here. I probably wasn't feeling that my friend is, but I shook him till he woke up. Yeah, and I was like, fuck, have you was seen my right? still with you here? No, and she realised what had happened. She fucked off pretty sharpish. She wasn't, uh, she wasn't one of the greatest Daphne's I've ever met, unfortunately. <laughs> so I fucking, I, I shook the guy, yeah, and he was like, oh, I don't know, you know, and he was sleeping with a flashlight. Like, I think he was security guard for the restaurant or something. Mm-hmm. Comes back out, he's waving his flashlight around Hatrin Beach. He's like, no, your phone's not. And I was like, oh, fucking no, it's not there. It wouldn't have fallen out of the shorts and jumped 10 feet up the shore. Is he ripped my shorts or it's not? Right. So he turns around, yeah, and he starts calling some people. And this guy comes, like, it got, this guy comes, he's just calling people on the phone, yeah. This guy comes out the shadows and he's like, oh, yeah, you go speak with that guy. Oh, Think shit. about it, yeah. We're talking, it's like fucking 5 a.m. on a beach in a little island in Thailand. This guy comes out the shadows after a theft. He fucking knows everybody. <laughs> yeah, like, right. And he's like, I'll go speak to this guy. So I go speak to him and he's playing dumb. Like, no, no, I don't know. I don't know, you know. And I was like, well, I've got, uh, you know, I've got money. And he was like, oh, okay, yeah, I know, you know, you know. I know a lot of guys in the fucking, in the Hatrin Mafia. I know a lot of guys in the Thai Mafia. Because they use Mafia for any kind of fucking gang over. If you know one person, you're a gang. Right. You're in the fucking Mafia. That's it. Yeah. But you never know to what level it is. Like, they might be the fucking serious godfathers that are out fucking killing people, putting the horses in people's beds. Or they might be like... Stealing people's wallets on the fucking beach. 
Yeah. Yeah, you don't know what level of mafia you're dealing with. But he was like, yeah, yeah, fucking all right. I know a few guys, yeah, Thai mafia. So he gets on his blower and he starts calling people, yeah? And he's like, no, no, no good, no good. And I was like, well, did you remember? I said, you know, I've got a bit of money. Can you, can you, can you make it happen? Can you grease the wheels a little bit? And he was like, I, I don't know, you know? And I said, like, I'll give you, you 10,000 baht, yeah? Oh. Which was fucking, at the time, it was about, I don't know, 200 pounds, so... Is that $58,000 or something like that? <laughs> 17 White Houses, I think. <laughs> you know, and I was just plucking out of the air. Fucking hell, I was never sure if I could actually afford that or give it to him. And suddenly, the guy on the other end of the phone, yeah, was like, oh, all right, yeah, I can, I, I can help you out. You know, and I mean, what I'd lost was I had a pack of cigarettes. Yeah, I had my wallet with my driving license, my bank card, a bit of cash, and I had my phone with me, yeah. I had an iPhone at the time. I had it in a nice fucking case, one of those ones where you could throw it off the wall and it would bounce off, yeah? Right. And so I jump on the back of this guy's motorbike, no helmet, obviously. He's pissed. I'm pissed. In fact, I don't know if he was pissed, but he might as well have been. He's fucking driving off into the jungle in fucking... going up into the fucking somewhere in Hatrin now. And we pull up by this house in the middle of nowhere, yeah? And he's like, wait here, yeah? And he goes, and there's no one coming in or out. There's no cars coming along the road, nothing going on comes out and he's like no 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 good no good they don't know anything and i was like what you don't know anything and i was like put me back on the phone he's like no 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 i don't know i don't know and we're driving back to Hatrin, yeah and i'm like dude what do you fucking want like tell me what you want we'll we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen he's like, all right let me make another call so we pull over in this fucking cafe yeah you know what i mean people all showing up now for breakfast and stuff the sun's come up and he was like ten thousand baht yeah we're here, yeah and i was like yeah, yeah, yeah that's what i said to you you know so he makes the call and he's like, right, you wait here in this cafe. So he leaves me in this cafe, yeah, and we're still in the jungle. There's nothing fucking around us except this cafe. So you can, you can imagine, yeah, I've got no phone, no money, nothing with me. The guy who's dropped me here is some way involved with the fucking fellow gangsters, yeah, and he's driven off into the horizon. Can you imagine that fucking situation, yeah? Yeah, that's a little fucking sketchy. Yeah, super sketchy. Where, where are you? <laughs> Well, yeah, he was in fucking somewhere in Copenhagen, Copen, yeah. like not even near to where I was supposedly staying. Lazy John was nowhere to be seen. <laughs> it's because he's being fucking lazy. Right. But one of the best things that had happened, yeah, was because we'd caught the boat in from the no from further north, we'd gone via Kotal, we actually got dropped further north than the Hatrim port. So we'd actually seen a lot of the island by land, yeah. Mm -hmm. I kind of knew roughly from the fucking drunken memories the routes through the <laughs> island into Hatrin Beach because Hatrin's right at the south there's fucking two roads in and two roads out and right. that's it yeah the guy fucking shows up half an hour later yeah and he's like yeah I've got your stuff he's got some of it like the fucking darts were gone yeah like the guys had smoked those obviously yeah the money had gone but the fucking the bank card was still there no driving license but uh, at the end of the day, like, fucking hell, you don't need a driving license in Thailand anyway, do you? You just tell them you can drive. <laughs> and my phone was there. And the phone was the most important thing because it had all the photos on from, like, Sri Lanka and India and fucking Kuwait and this shit. Which yeah. has later gotten lost. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I got the fucking... <laughs> I got the phone back, yeah, and I was, all right, this is fucking brilliant, right? And he goes to drop me off. Yeah, go, well, we go into, back into Hatrin, gets me back on the bike, and he's like, right, we'll go to the ATM, yeah? And now we're pulling into one of the two roads that goes via Hatrin. 
and my brain's fucking going at a million miles an hour here, which is faster than this old fucking motorbike goes, funnily enough. And I'm thinking like, ah, shit, you know, this guy's like really been pissing around. He clearly knows. It's been quite obvious from the start that everybody's in in this and they just want some fucking money, yeah? Because if it was an honest fucking gig, he probably would have given me the money back or my driving license, yeah, or, you know... Even the wallet, the wallet that I'd bought, yeah, I'd only bought it a week ago in Bangkok. And the reason I bought it was because it had a picture of the Eiffel Tower on it and it said Italy underneath. <laughs> Which I just thought, if you're going to buy something fake, that's the kind of thing you want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and because just because of the way he'd act and stuff, I was like, oh, fuck, man, this guy's in on this completely, you know. So what happened was he dropped me at this cash point and I was looking around like, fuck, you know, right, I know where I am. He's got none of his buddies with him because his buddies are all at this fucking abandoned house where they've been smoking my fucking cigarettes. <laughs> I get out a thousand baht, which at the time was about 20 pound or whatever the fucking American thing was. Maybe we've <laughs> overrun that joke now. <laughs> right. So I give him the thousand. Yeah. And he's like, where's the rest? And I disappear off into the distance. I just fucking sprint in. I know the fucking back road. I've caught this in the morning before. I know the fucking back road into Hatrin. And I just fucking sprint down with my fucking phone, no case. Yeah. And I'm like, boom, boom, boom. You know, because he had to give me the card because he knew if he didn't give me the card, he never would have got the money. Right. Yeah. And he gave me the phone because that's what I give him the money for. The rest of it, they fucking take. And I was like, right, this is the best this situation's ever going to get. And I thought, fuck it, I'm going to sprint now because it's me versus him. And he can't drive his bike through this alleyway. I know this is too tight. Run through the fucking alleyway into Hatrin, fucking get into the hostel, yeah? Lazy John's there working the check-in. I'm fucking panting and breathing, you know, like, fucking hell, you know, fucking hell, I've had some, mate. He's like, fucking hell, you... Sunburned. Sunburned, yeah, he's like, fucking hell, fucking hell, I haven't seen you since I was stroking you with the leaves. He's like, fucking hell, man, the mafia's taking my fucking driving license. He's like, oh, yeah, and everything else. It's like, no, I fucking got everything else back. I owe him nine grand, but he doesn't know where I live. <laughs> fucking turn around here. Honestly, this is the kind of guy who throws his parties. He's fucking hell. You've got balls like fucking boulders, right. honestly, to run through that gap. And I was like, Shit. thank God for that beer bravery because I wouldn't have done it without the fucking booze, I tell you. But I got away with it. So were you, fucking... were you running with sandals? No, man. I didn't have any fucking shoes with me. I was running barefoot. <laughs> Dude, this is an amazing story. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh fuck! That's great. That's so funny. Uh, so yeah. So what? Did, so what did you do? Did you just fucking leave as soon as you could, or did you just camp out, or what did you do? No, I went into my fucking room and went back to sit. I woke up Ricky and was like, "Oh, dude, like I know I've been gone for like four hours, but I'm back now." And he was like, "Oh yeah, great man. I hope you got the business done. I did, yeah." And I was like, "Oh yeah, where's your fucking wallet?" He's like, "Oh yeah, it's in my pocket." Yeah. You lucky cunt. Right. <laughs> she she stole it. <laughs> no, so she works for the Thai mafia. <laughs> <laughs> but no man so I fucking went to sleep because I knew the guy had no fucking idea where we were because that little alleyway cut through like fucking half the town right and I, he, he hadn't fucking followed me in Lazy John's place was pretty like set back from the road and I was just like oh fuck you know I went to sleep never saw the guy again awesome man that, that was it like, wow that's, like, that's some Indiana Jones type of shit right there <laughs> It's an Indiana, that's, the, that's a ghetto Indiana Jones story. <laughs> if Indiana Jones was English, was missing a tooth. Right, exactly. 
that would be what he was doing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but, you know, after that, yeah, we fucking like, we moved hostels a couple of days afterwards because, as I said to you, we didn't book the right dates. Right. We did the fucking full moon party, full blast, and it was a it was a wild fucking night. Yeah. And man. a wild build up, you know, and it was all just fucking roses after that. Like it, you know, things just really like it could have gone really badly, but it actually didn't. Right. So I suppose I suppose the moral of the story is, you know, as we do try to give these learning experiences for people, if something happens, yeah, and you're not scared to fucking shake a few people and go after a few people, and you got your fucking, you got a bit of fitness about you, you've run a little bit, you're probably gonna be all right, guys. You can fucking deal with it, all right. I, Have faith. Just gazelle the fuck out of there. Wholeheartedly yeah. agree. The other moral of this other story is: don't leave your fucking shorts when you're going to shag. All right, keep those with you. <laughs> That's like, keep it by the ankles as soon as you said the shorts are gone I knew exactly where what's going to need to be done okay. in the editing yeah, room so I don't know if we got it all in fucking no, I, I, I think we did like no no no, no we, did. we did we did so Sid thank you so much for sharing your story even though it wasn't related to Mexico B just made such a, a compelling case for how amazing Thailand and its food is that we did near to hear a fucking story about Thailand uh, yeah. secondly secondly I have to say B just thank you so much for coming on and uh, telling you shortly hopefully yeah. fuck so I guess in 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 uh, parting in, in my in uh, last words I I guess do you have anywhere that you want to plug, tell the people where they can maybe find you and your and your work. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I mean, you can Google Beejus. Um, I'm pretty sure it's unique enough that you won't find <laughs> anything else. Beejus, B E E J U S. Um, but awkwardfreespirit.com is my website. It houses the majority of my stuff. I haven't updated it enough for my photos, but it, ha it has everything else that I do. Um, and then just follow me on Twitter is Beejus, Instagram is Beejus510. Just search Beejus and you'll, you'll, you'll find 510, me. 510, dude, how many Beejuses are there? There's well, a there, 500 of us. There <laughs> is, told you the there, number. There Quick is a, maths. There's another Beejus on Instagram, and it's just Beejus. And it's this, it's like a, a young white girl from somewhere in America. I actually have a story about Fucking her, but Daphne. I, I, I can't, I can't, I won't <laughs> share it on here because it's going to be too long and we're trying to sign off. But yeah, there you go. You can just, just Google Beejus and I will pop up somewhere. If you say -E -E my name three, J -U -S. J -U -S. and if you say my name three times, I'll appear like a genie. Let's go, baby. I fucking hope for it, man. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, so we're going to throw your, your, your stuff in our, in our uh, episode notes. Thank you so much. Thank you, and gentlemen. Beejus. Yeah, thank you guys. I'm highly honored, honored to be here. So thank you, thank you, thank you. The Two Beers Till Takeoff podcast is performed and edited by Phil and Big Sid. Do you want to see the footage we can't post on Instagram and the stories we can't tell on our podcast? Then if so, please check out our Patreon page. Follow us on our Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook accounts at Two Beers Till Takeoff. All links in the episode notes. All music heard on this podcast is provided by Rocker. You can find more of his work on his Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube account. Again, links in the episode note. A big thank you goes out to Viking Leo K for his voiceover work. I love you. <laughs>